Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Green Dragon Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Travis. Uh, with me at the table, I have Tiernan, uh, Matthew, and Josh. And we're here to talk to you guys all about Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, or the Hobbit strategy battle game, as it's now come to know, be known. So we'll sort of uh, introduce ourselves, why we're here, and uh, our favorite aspects of the hobby stuff. So why don't we start with uh, you, Tiernan. Introduce yourself. Sure, I, I'm Tiernan, otherwise known as Tier 1, or just T, because, yeah, the, apparently people struggle to say my normal name. It, it is a pretty tonguey... And spell my normal name. Hey, I can spell your name just fine now, it's only taken you, what, three years? Exactly. Give, give or take. Uh, uh, moving on, we next have uh, Matt. Hi, my name's Matt, and I'm addicted to hobby. <laughs> Hi, Matt. <laughs> So yeah, I'd love the game and uh, really looking to add something with this podcast. Next, uh, we have Josh. Hi. Hi. Are you, you going to just say hi and... Yeah, maybe. Leave, leave um, that? Yeah, I'm Josh, guys. I'm a diehard Hobbit and Lord of the Rings enthusiast for the strategy battle game. And yeah, I like all aspects of it pretty much. Cool, and of course, I'm your host, Travis. Um, I go by Tacitus or TAC on, on the nets. Um, and basically, yeah, we thought that we needed a way to progress our hobby, so we thought a podcast to bring the joys of the hobby from our side of the world in Australia to the rest of you. In, the in world. other words, Travis just wants to tell everyone what to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough about that. Um, we'll, we'll sort of sort of go with um, what, how long we've been in the hobby, um, what, uh, how many ta- like tournaments that we've been to, uh, sort of hobby progress, and sort of I guess what we're working on now. So uh, Matt, what what have you been working on, and what do you like about the hobby? In uh, right at the moment, I'm working on a Last Alliance army, so a bit of elves, a bit of men, all the good stuff, you know. You running a Lendor? I'm intending on running a Lendl, yes. Hooray! At, at your behest, so, I yeah. haven't been asking you to run the Lendl for, yeah. like, forever. It'll, it'll be a Lendl and probably uh, Gilglad and maybe one other mini-hero, either a captain or some other mini-hero. I think a Lendl has become a lot more viable since the changes in the ring made uh, Isildur not as amazing as he used to yeah. be. Yeah. A Lendl seems the better option nowadays, definitely. Uh, Josh, what have you been working on recently? Uh, what things are you looking forward to in sort of the upcoming weeks? What have you done in the past? What's um, your favourite aspect of the hobby? I'm known for doing display boards. I'm going to be completely honest there. I do a lot of them. <laughs> it's one of my favourite things, doing like the scenery. Not like terrain for the army, but just like, here is the army set up for war, and it's on this cool board that actually shows where it is and what it does. I don't think I have been to a tournament with you, or that you have attended, where you haven't had a display board in probably about the past year. And the sad Two thing is, nearly. they're nearly always a different display board. Uh, Which is just... Every time. Oh, yeah. I'm currently working on a new elf army that actually coincides with the new book. Um, yeah. The Desolation of Which now. we will... Uh, Did I say that right? Yes, thanks, yeah. Josh. Yeah, Appreciate it. So, it, so it just... just Sorry to butt in. It is Smaug. Smaug, Tauriel, etc. Bayon. Okay. Bayon. Uh, I Aeol. Have, I have not a f- Earl. Calibre. It is Bayon? I thought it was Bjorn. Oh, yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> you, you're going to absolutely hand our asses back to us if we get that wrong. If you hear me interjecting, it'll usually be to get the pronunciation correct. <laughs> right. Um, 
Displays boards, Josh. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm that, doing a, that's what you were talking about. I'm doing about. an elf army at the moment. So Thranduil, uh, a whole bunch of Pell's Guard, uh, Legolas, uh, Tariel. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right, Josh. Well done. <laughs> two, I'm two for two so far. I love this. Um, and a whole bunch of Mirkwood Rangers. So it's interesting. I've got a lot of conversions in there, but I've just spent about two weeks on this board and it's finally finished. So it looks pretty cool. Um, but I've also started planning for the other tournament next month as well so that board's going to start next week so i should probably start the army for the tournament that i'm going to first yeah but given my hobby that display board's going to be done the first that, yeah. that, you're talking about arc right yeah uh yeah my uh, my board for arcanicon is done but my board for uh, cot or okay. clash of the titans in sydney is yeah. certainly going to be underway which is also a bit of a size constraint because it's got to be able to fit into a bag yeah i've got to work out what i'm doing for my display board because in their infinite wisdom, they decided that they'd ask me for some of the, the things I put in my players' pack. And notoriously, I put things in my players' pack that I don't like doing myself. <laughs> like hobby. <laughs> like, like yeah, like hobby. So I have to now put it, yes. make a display board. I do a whole bunch of things with my armies that I not normally would do. You don't have to. Just bonus I points. Yeah, well, I beat Josh last Ooh, year Make, make it a challenge. Go with an yeah, unpainted you, army. You beat me by two points. Two know. points, which could have been anything. So yeah, no. I'd love to see you take an unpainted army to a tournament and win with it. That I would be hilarious. I don't think it'd be... I don't think... To be honest, I don't think it's feasibly possible. Nah, I think you're probably right. I, I thought you would take that as a challenge. What have you been working on, Trav? Uh, what have I been working on? Oh, God. Um, not much. I've been assembling a lot. I have a lot of assembled figures, but not a lot of painted figures. Um, I think I've assembled a whole bunch of black shields recently. Have, have you fully completed any of your armies? Or, um, or do you just have like those those couple of models that are just... I don't think I have a one. Oh no, I have one 100% finished, 100 oh, finished army. Uh, okay. That's that, my curious that's goal. All Uruk list. God, I hate that list. It's not a nice list. Yeah. Well, you might get to see it later, maybe. Maybe. One day. One day. One day we'll, we'll, we'll share lists. But yeah, I've... I do a lot of army by armies, but I like having every option out of a book. And every army. Yep, and every... Oh, I've got every army. It's just it's not all painted and not all assembled. It's mostly in boxes sitting in my room. Isn't that just the way? I need to find time to do stuff. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Tiernan, what have you been working on? Uh, I've been working on my Gondor a bit and, uh, well... My, my Osgiliath veteran army, and as well as uh, making converting some elves. Yeah, I was about to say your, your Osgiliath army now with paint. They had paint on before. It was just shoddy paint from when I <laughs> first painted them when the Return of the King set first came out, which was what nearly six years ago now, give or take. Uh, I think it was longer. Ah, it's almost ten years, isn't it? No, the game's been out for ten years. No, eleven now, is it? No, I think yeah. I think it was ten. Ten years ago, because I remember being... Uh, it was Fellowship, so at least... No, I remember being in Europe when the Return of the King movie came out, so I think it was about the, around the same time. I believe Return of the King was 03. It was 10 really? years ago. Really? It was 10 years like ago. 15 years ago? No, sorry, 11 years ago now, considering we're in 2014. Yeah. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's be cool. That, that sort of makes me worried about how long I've been playing this game. I've been God. playing it longer than you <laughs> actually, have, actually, technically. Uh, actually, speaking of that, how long have you been playing the game, Tina? I'm just going to go around the table here. 
Uh, I got the original Fellowship of the Ring um, starter, so I've technically been playing for ever since it first came out, but I haven't been playing competitively until the last, what, two years? Three yeah. years, maybe? Um, Matt, same question? I remember I picked up the first Battle Games in Middle-Earth uh, in the summer between Grade 5 and Grade 6, so that would have been... Two Towers. Yeah, around about Two then. Towers release. Yeah. Which is the same as me, incidentally. Yep. Um, so I went, what about, the, what about, I went through the first 20 magazines, and from there I just built whatever I felt like. I think I got up to issue 60. Oh. I, th- I think most people got into the hobby because of that. Because the, it was yeah. just the best I th- series. I think it was like 12 just... goblins for $6, oh, and, and that's how they wrote people in. Yeah, back They in accidentally the day. sent me some elves for free. I was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been playing competitively for? Uh, since the first tournament I entered was Minimize in 2010. So that was your run, your tournament yep. that you run, Trav. And so that was four years ago now. Yeah, just about. Yep. Really? Mm, I've probably been a bit longer, probably about five years competitively. Been playing since Two Towers, which I, I can't keep a ballpark figure. Um, Josh, what about you, mate? What? Oh, well, see, I jumped in from like a completely different way. I've been involved in miniature skirmish games and just uh, Whammer, Whammer 40,000 since... Would have been like 1998, 99. So that 14, 15 years I've been in the hobby. But it's only been about the past seven or eight that I've actually been playing uh, Lord of the Rings. Would have been about actually 2006. Would have been the year I first got my hands on some Lord of the Rings models. So Mm. a little bit behind you guys. But um, basically a mate just said, hey, do you want these? I don't want them. And I went, yeah, they look interesting. I'll paint them up and slowly learnt the rules. And then I realised that... um, there's not as many giant douchebags in uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit <laughs> as there is compared to Warhammer 40k and Warhammer Fantasy. It's a definite not, not, trend. Nothing to say anything mm. about, bad about that hobby. It's just that everybody is playing Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit because they love the history, the story, yeah. and the game. Yeah. They're not playing it because they want to smash their opponent into the ground or because they have to be the best. But that's what yeah. War, War Machine is for. <laughs> True. Granted, that that's not necessarily a bad and, thing. And, and the, the, there's not many people like who go to the point of cheating in this game because they're usually playing Infinity. Or not many. I, I don't know <laughs> of any. I don't know of anyone that's well, ever it, cheated. It, the the hobby as a whole. Like, I've done competitive gaming since 2003. Um, that was the first time I ever did a tournament. I came 12th at in 40k out of like 90 players at Grand Tournament Victoria. Ah, uh, good old Grand Tournament. Back when they still run it. But, Back um, when they still had conflict and it, stuff. Man, with with Lord of the Rings, everybody... I don't think I've been to a tournament where sportsmanship has been a huge issue. Everybody is always playing really well. It's always fair and competitive. And I think that's the reason why I've progressed from predominantly a 40k player into Lord of the Rings. That's what I do hmm. and it's what I'm known for now. Yeah, I know for a fact that um, there was a brief period where I nearly jumped ship to 40 the 40k when I started playing Gorka Walker and stuff, but Lord of the Rings put me back just because of the, the player base was so much more fun to be around. I, I, I think guess. I remember playing against your orcs at one point. Yeah. You, you completely thrashed me because you were playing really cheesily. Oh, yeah. No, my, my, my orcs were just either like first turn charges back in old 40k. And but you were sitting there. in the corner of the board shooting at me and through nothing, a city. And nothing has oh, changed. Oh, that was the Zap Cannon Army. Was uh, it? No, I think you had a lot of vehicles which apparently regenerated health. It was oh, something yeah, really the trucks. odd. A- anyway, 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 we're sort of getting off topic here. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, well, um, that's pretty much uh, the four of us. Um, there'll be other uh, friends of ours who will be jumping in and out of this podcast as we go along. 
Um, but that's basically who we are, why we're doing this podcast. And um, yeah, we'll go on to the, the next segment. Yes, yeah, we'll go on to our next segment, which is uh, we'll basically go in uh, ways we play the game, so like scenarios, points, matches, and stuff. So we'll be back with you in a moment. And we're back, and we're going to go into ways to play the game now. Um, basically, the different variants of Lord of the Rings, how we can use our miniatures and stuff. Um, obviously, the most common is points matches, which we normally see a lot of, and what all four of us at the table here, I would probably say, we, yeah, we play a lot of points match games. Predominantly points matches. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, granted, we don't always have the best um, scenario boards, unless uh, Jeremy comes around. Yeah. So... There are, there are obviously points match is the most common way we play the game. Um, uh, but there's also other ways. Um, there's War of the Ring as well, which uses movement trays. We chuck our figures into massive trays and throw hundreds and hundreds of dice. So we'll get in that to a bit of a way. And there's also scenarios as well, which is, I think is probably where the game shines the most. I'm not sure about you guys. but Totally agree. W- would you agree yeah. that yeah. scenarios is where some of the game really, really shines? People need to play scenarios more often, I believe. Yeah, mm. definitely. The reason why I bring that up is because a couple of weekends ago when we had a, the gaming night, we played uh, Barrels Out of Bond. Part one. Part one. We'll, we'll get into sort of that game, but should how did been, you... Should have actually been part two, technically. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to that tomorrow. I have a pretty confident feeling that Jeremy will be bringing part two tomorrow. Oh, no doubt. So we'll, we'll get into Barrels Out of Bond, sort of a recap on that scenario a bit later when we get into the Desolation of Smog review. But... um. Yeah, I'll just kind of sort of throw this to the table. Uh, we'll start, start with you, Matt. What do you think uh, uh, the difference between scenarios and the other sort of th- the three ways to play the games is? I was actually discussing this with a young man named Henry today. And I was saying to him, I do believe that points matches, in a way, uh, it forces you into a situation for a start. Yeah. It's, you have to be able to get out of that situation or take advantage of that situation. Another thing that... The reason I like uh, scenarios a lot is because you perhaps don't feel quite as attached to how you perform in that game as you might in a points match game. Hmm. It, people do tend to get frustrated in points matches games. And one of the main reasons is for that is because you've painted that army yourself and you feel really attached to that army that you've gone and painted, you've bought it all, you want it to perform well. If it doesn't, you get highly frustrated at times. But with points matches, you can swap sides, you can do whatever. You and and scenarios. Sorry, scenarios. Yeah. With scenarios, you can swap sides. You, you're not as attached to the particular army that you're using at the time. And it's just a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I think part of that is that points matches are competitive, whereas yeah. the scenarios are more about uh, well, telling the story of the scenario. Hmm. And that's not to say that scenarios can't get heated at times either. No. <laughs> things got very heated during Battle oh, yes. And I, I suppose with that as well is you don't get to choose the army you get to play with in a, in a scenario, you get basically get given an oh, army and say, uh, unless you're you know making your own scenario or yeah. doing the point match scenario ones, which. Hmm. But I, I suppose I'm sort of talking, different. looking more at sort of like the story progressive, like the ones where you have the fellowship versus goblins, yeah, a campaign scenario yeah, or something. Those like sort that. of scenarios where you get given an army and basically say, make do with what you've got, and yes. I think that's what people need to really have a go at more because you tend to try things that you don't normally try in points matches. You try weird, wacky situations. And I suppose on that as well, those weird situations that you get given in scenarios can sometimes teach you in points matches how to get out of similar situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's how I've picked up a few of my tricks is from playing so many scenarios. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, I suppose to quickly throw to Josh now. Um, War of the Ring. What difference is between War of the Ring and Lord of the Rings? Model count. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the easiest just, just, way just, to... Just, just, just a, Although, that being said, you can do it in an army entirely composed of Ents, so that really doesn't count, to be honest. But, <laughs> um, War of the Ring essentially is large-scale games for version yeah. of strategy battle game. Cause very large-scale. Very, very large-scale. Um, think of like all the big, huge battles that we can ever imagine in the game, and they're pretty much represented in 40k, like the Battle for Isgiliath, Battle of the Black Gates. They're often actually a little bit easier to use recreating the bigger games, mainly because yeah. the strategy battle game is a skirmish-based game. It's designed to be those slightly smaller... You've got a few models on the table. You don't have gigantic hordes of models that you need to spend hours and hours to move unless you're playing Goblin Town. Yeah. But um, <laughs> with War of the Ring as well, it's a lot more focused particularly on... Well, it's, it's very quick to play. It's designed mm. to let you have huge armies, play them very quickly. It's similar in a way to fantasy just because you are using the trays. The movement is very particular that arcs you're not moving every model individually yeah, yeah but uh, just for that just because the models are in square trays like fantasy it, it doesn't play that much like fantasy no, no. at all it can play it, it plays so, still very, that, very that was very much a concern when war of the ring first came it, out no nah, it's yeah. it's uh, essentially it's almost a simplified version of strategy in yeah. that you oh, you run in there you're rolling to I hit you're not ru- you're not rolling off against your opponent to strike Everybody gets yeah, to strike in a fight, so eventually you're just rolling dice for the models you have. And at the same time, you're not worrying about tracking will and fate. You do have to track wounds, like you and do might. normally, and might, yeah. but might's the main one. Yeah. And that can be where it gets really, really interesting. Um, although, that being said, spell power in War of the Ring is particularly broken. It's yeah. excessively um, strong in I, I think with that, I think that sort of spell power thing, I think it comes down to the size you play War of the Ring. Because most... War of the Ring, I think, was... In, they brought it out with the same principle where they brought out Apocalypse for k It was supposed to be, you bring a whole bunch of games together, you throw heaps of figures down on the table, and you have massive games. I know for a fact that the best games of War of the Ring I've played are the ones that exceeded 5,000 points. Oh, like, you and I had an 8,500 yeah. point Those one. are the ones where War of the Ring starts to become almost a little bit more balanced, because when you're at the low end, like the 2,000 point, well, thousand it's, point it's end. It's exactly not, for that matter. Some, there was a, a guy here in Melbourne, I've forgotten his name, who tried to organise a tournament last year for War of the Ring. Yeah, unfortunately, that was Mick. Yeah, it didn't get oh, off yeah, the ground, unfortunately. That. However, I am planning and am speaking currently with the manager of one of the stores to organise a War of the Ring tournament for possibly July, August, depending on how it goes. Yeah. And it'll be about 2,000 points because that's, that's pretty it's much... starting to get into the cusp. Yeah. You, you, it gives you options. You're not like limiting your force and stuff. You yeah. take the big heroes you want. You want if you're going to play a game like that, you want to be able to see your Thaden, uh, an Aema, an Aowen out in a battlefield and you want to see some like Army of the Dead or something and that just to be cool. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. it's fair to say that War of the Ring probably doesn't excel at a tournament level. It's perhaps mm, not as I, not Yes and no. It can be a lot uh, harder. It can be m- Yeah. I know it's a lot more frustrating to play a tournament because there's a lot more nasty combos in War of the Ring, but I think, honestly, I think if a competitive tournament level for Warring would be 3,000 points, but the problem yeah. is people can't really reach that. Quite. No. And the last time they tried to run a 3,000 point tournament, games were taking two and a half hours, and the, even then some of them weren't yeah. finishing. Yeah, so that, that, that is why I made yeah. that point. Well, yeah, and you need a lot of models for 3,000 points. Oh, tons. Yeah. Because I, I think I have about over 100 Urukai, and yeah. I'm 
probably hitting around 2,500 points. I, I struggled to make a 1,500-point War of the Ring army when I was looking at entering that tournament that unfortunately fell through. Yeah. So. But, but that said, War of the Ring is still a fun game. Yeah. If you get enough of your mates around, you get a big enough game going. It's, it's an extremely enjoyable game. At, at this stage, the Hobbits aren't really set up for it, to be completely mm. honest, mainly because of the that limited amount may change with Battle of Five Armies, we'll see. We can hope. Um, yeah. If it does change, there will definitely need to be certain things that need to change to the structure of how models are currently released. But as you say, Trav, uh, getting a few mates together, throwing all the models that you have on down on the table and playing some more of the ring is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, um, and... I suppose with that, that's pretty much War of the Ring uh, wrapped up. We'll go into the last sort of way to play the game, which is point match. Um, I'll throw this to you, Tienan. Why do people play points matches and not scenarios? Like We talked about scenarios and why scenarios are great, but why do people play points matches and not scenarios? Uh, I think part of it has got to do with that competitive element. Uh, I think another major part is that not everyone has either the time or the inclination to make the uh, specific terrain for ter- scenarios. Yes, some uh, there are some scenarios that have specific terrain, but there are a couple that are. D- yeah, more but, but with points matches, you can just throw down whatever terrain you have on the board, and yeah, you you can just go from there. Let's face it, it's laziness. Yeah, you, 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 I think you also kind of brush on another deal to it as well, and that is the fact that. People get started, they choose models that they want to get started with, they pick models that they like. They're not necessarily models that allow them to jump into scenarios. Um, I've seen people pick up goblins and then pick up, like, an eagle. You can't exactly play straight off the bat with something like that, but they like the models and at least they're getting into the hobby. Yeah, and some of the scenarios require very specific models Mm. or a lot of a certain model, which some people just... uh, don't have... Once you need 240 orcs, budget. you know there might be an issue. Oh, that, that one <laughs> scenario. Old last, the old last, last line scenario. scenario. How many uh, elves we needed? Just out of I think like it's off the top of my head, and don't quote me on this, but I think it's uh, 38 elves, 12, 12, 12 with two banners, and the same with the Numenor, and the big four heroes. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't this before the banners? No, no, we had banners. Fellowship oh. had banners. It's just they were very rare. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had batters. Also, with points matches, you can um, make a certain you know points limit army, and then just go somewhere for some games, and know that you'll both be on even footing, and you can just you know pick up and play. Well, mm. even as opposed to <laughs> that, is, that is very much a very very good point to put there. Yeah. Points matches let you have an even footing. You're playing with a point system that allows you to make a, a point army up to a certain value that is competitive and fair because it's not favoured one side. Some of the scenarios, to be perfectly honest, are favoured and particularly one-sided. However, it's up to the people in those scenarios to actually make the most of it and try and yeah. push the odds. Which I suppose then, if you're going for a random game, you would take more of a well-balanced army that can compete in all six scenarios rather than just go, right, I'm going to lose and these two win and these two and they'll have a chance in those two. Yeah. Yeah, so scenarios require a bit more uh, preparation. Yeah, yeah oh, definitely preparation. Like, cool, I've got this and this. I can do these scenarios. I'm going to hope somebody rocks up to a club or a store or a friend's place and has those models. Yeah. Um, if not, it's like, cool, I need to go out to my car, check out this drawer with this drawer. <laughs> basically just quoting Jeremy on this because that's yeah. basically how he Well, Jer- Jeremy yeah. does have quite literally every single figure in the game. Uh, not every, isn't there a Bar Golf and Ball, I think, is the one guy he doesn't have. And apparently Jeremy. he was not down. that one. <laughs> uh, apparently he was short that one Hama figure that I gave you. 
Yeah, that one. There's a couple, but to play. But yeah, so not not everyone has the uh, breadth of yeah. um, choice as uh, you and Jeremy. <laughs> well, I think we've pretty much uh, sorry about that. Covered uh, the the ways to play the game and the points match and stuff. So we'll take a short break and then we'll come back with a quick review on the desolation of Smaug. The game, not the movie. The game. And we're back for the review of The Desolation of Smile book, uh, which is a fairly new book for us. It came out uh, about a month ago now. Uh, it's nice, pretty and new, and has a lot of new shiny in it. So we're going to go through and we're going to dissect the uh, dissect the um, the scenarios, the new models, and the new rules that have come with our new addition to the game. So... Um, I guess we'll start with uh, you, Tienan, because you're the first person I made eye contact with. Yay! Um, what do you quick, just quickly? What do you like about uh, the new book? Uh, I like the fact that it is a smaller expansion book, as to opposed to a whole new box set. Yeah, which was good. Uh, otherwise, I remember in the lead up to the release, I remember hearing that there were going to be new points match missions. Yep. And there was a lot of talk about how they would be introduced to tournaments and everything and um, how they would you know, completely change uh, tournament play. But they're yeah. not balanced. Yeah, no. Uh, they, they, they do... Um, they're fun for casual uh, meetups, but with an attacker and defender and some of the situations they put you in, not uh, it's not yeah. for tournaments. Have you guys tried any of them yet? Yeah, yeah, I've tried a couple. I've tried the um, the the runny one. I think it's the breakthrough. Yeah, the one where you have to like run off the table. Okay, so your enemies deployed around all the other board edges, and you run from one end. Yeah, blockade is the one. Yeah, yeah, I've tried blockade. All right. Um, one thing I did notice with those new points match scenarios as well, um, is they're meant for Merkwood, so you really want to put down lots of forest on the table. Now. I say this with a great deal of caution because me and Jeremy threw down all the forests we had for a 6x4 table. wasn't enough. Still really? wasn't enough. Yeah, well, we, we, even, we even used the new uh, forest rules where like forests start attacking oh, you those. and start spitting out spiders or and start, start being awesome, start being awesome <laughs> yeah. and messing up the, the evil player. But yeah, um, if you can get enough forests down, um, it's, they're actually pretty fun. You, but you've got to go into the game knowing that you're going to be playing a Merkwood scenario. You can't just go and go, all right, we're going to play a points match blind. So no. you guys played with uh, elves and hunter orcs in that? Um, It wasn't hunter orcs. It was okay. something else. They, they definitely might not. Have been, I'm struggling to think of what it was. Now. I, 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 think I, it, no, I played, played one game. Opposite, opposite. I was playing my Uruks against Jeremy's. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say this right now as... A TO of, of tournaments, yep. and I think you'll probably agree with me on these. This, the the Merkwood scenarios don't really lend themselves to competitive gameplay. That is correct. I would mainly agree because with that. they are if you are basically to either the attacker or a defender, which literally means that the potential to of what you start. If you write a list thinking that you're going to be the attacker, and then you switch into the defender role, and you don't have units that are designed to sit back and just weather, then it, it kind of yeah. puts people at a disadvantage. And as cool as the new scenarios are, they are definitely something you only want to do if you're having a friendly game with a mate. Yeah. I think yeah. the one thing I did notice, though, as well as that, is that Seize the Prize, I think, is playable 
if you add leader kill and breaking. Yeah, there's a couple of iffy interest. Like we kind of looked at it and went, hmm, there's not many victory points you can no, grab. It's actually kind of pointless. All you need to do is hold the thing. Yeah. That's it. It's like you don't really have to move off the board. Yeah. You don't really have to even be holding it. That's what I like, especially before. Sorry to cut that's you right, off. That's right, go for it. Like in the old scenarios, when we back had um, before, sort of after Legions, when we had that sort of gap and people were writing their own scenarios for tournaments, that was what a lot of scenarios were doing. Was they're, they're giving you multiple objectives, and what the new uh, sort of source books, like Moro Nagma, Mordor, Three Peoples, and all that, did was they gave you multiple objectives to complete during a game, which lended itself really well for tournaments. Sorry, just on that quick note though, with Seize the Prize, you can break it really easily. I, I've heard that. It's basically called Galadrim Cavalry and calling a heroic march. Awesome. I move 12, pick up the objective, rider. and then move back 5 inches. Yeah. Done. It's, it's a little bit. Um, and then you spend the next turn heroic moving, off the board, done. You do still need to roll a 4 plus to dig it out though. I That's believe fine. you need to dismount to dig it out though as well. No, if you're on a horse, you can pick up a light object, which it is as part of a movement. Only if you're an expert rider, though. Which... Have a no, read, however. Mm-hmm. I do believe only an infantry model will be able to dig the prize out. It is a model on yep. foot. But you can still move 12 inches up to it, pick it up, and then use cavalry to the guy off the table. It's Wait, c- can you pass it? There is, however, that random element. Yeah, it's a light object, so you should so be able to pass it. Yeah, actually, yeah. once it has been free, it is a light object. You can free it with a character, and as long as he's in base to base with another model, you can automatically pass it off to somebody mounted. Hey, look at that nice eagle that's standing right next to me. Eagles are monsters, not infantry. Oh, touche. Mm. Yeah, but still, they can dream. Also, you can't use might on that four plus. No, no, that's fine. But once, <laughs> so it's, I, I'm just saying that there is a random element to it which is. can prevent that sort of but thing. All you need to do is send up a captain, say Galadrim captain, or something else that's moved ten. Even sons 12. of Earl can do it. Well, they can move twelve. They move twelve. You're still forgetting the march. They can move up that far, 15. pick it up, and then pass it to somebody who can then run five inches back. And you're forgetting that with the objective in the center. It's a little less than a full inch. You're gaining another half an inch. If you're playing dwarves or goblins, it's game over for the dwarves and goblins. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, well, I, uh, okay, the... I, I think we can definitely agree that it's it's not uh, a competitive mission. No, it's not ideal. No. <laughs> oh, it, you know, it is a competitive mission. It's not a fair sporting mission. I think a, so as it's currently written. I think yeah. you could fix yes. it. I think there are ways of fixing. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, as it, as it's written in that book, straight up, it, it's not. Competitive. That's actually another very good point. This book has actually been done. Not by a single author. It's actually been done by the design team at Games Workshop, which literally means that everybody's put a little bit of their own impact huh. and input into this book. So there's no That's actual like thought. clear-cut writer. So there was no I, I, like, I did not know hi, that. my name's Matt Ward, and I'm going to write Boromir, Captain <laughs> of the White Tower, just so that I, I can make fun of the fact that Robert Gulliman's still alive, <laughs> and I can't actually make it into the Space Marines. Sorry, I had to put that joke in, because it's part of the hobby. I'm not going to hold you against it. I don't it. think any of our listeners are going to yeah. get that one. <laughs> I certainly didn't. All good. I got but it. it is Matt Ward, yeah. so if yeah, you don't um, know him, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to comment. Matt, Matt, Matt Ward's a bit more uh, infamous in uh, 40k circles. Oh, yes. Yeah. We, 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 didn't, we didn't bash yeah. Boromir Captain of the White Tower that hard. I don't think we did at all. No. We I, I'm going to be honest, I actually use him a lot, but... <laughs> yeah. Quiet you. <laughs> um, I suppose on that, um, we'll sort of uh, take a couple of flips backwards and so on. and uh, we mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, Barrels Out of Bond um, this is sort of the only scenario we've all played at the table so far I reckon it's it's worth a bit of a, a, a sort of a little breakdown and what we thought of this scenario so uh, we'll start with you Matt oh, yep. well 
once you've got I'll your... i uh, to the correct page and fl- here we flick are. Flick to the correct page. What did you think of Barrels and the Bond out of Bond and how did you find the new scenario? And I suppose on that as well, how the new Merkwood Rangers went. I had so much fun with this scenario. I think it's God fair to say. Yeah. It's, yeah, I played against Tiernan in this one. Uh, I and was the Dwarves. And I played as the Hunter Orcs. You were the Dwarves and the Elves, don't forget. Oh, yes. The Elves they were there. Did all the they just sat there and died mostly, <laughs> except for Tauriel, who went around uh, barrel hopping. And then botched horribly on the final combat of the game. Sigh. I'll, I'll walk you through those final few moments, in fact, because I think that sums up the game. Uh, uh, I was doing so well. In the well. very last turn, I had two Hunter Orcs on different barrels. Uh, I can't remember the first barrel. I think it might have been Biffa or Bofa. Who uh, who was being helped by Tariel on a barrel uh, not far away? In fact, I think I heroic combated. Yes, to yeah, get I'll there. get I'll get to that. On another barrel not far away, some another hunter orc was attacking Bomber, and right between those two, in fact, the white wag was attacking Gloin. In that shoot phase, Tinan did manage to shoot out the White Wag, which I was very the, disappointed about. I think the about. two Mirkwood Rangers who were left alive. It, yeah. The it only two. It was a pretty epic shot. It was incredible. I was so disappointed because I had planned to heroic strike and hopefully take out Gloin, but it was not to be. <laughs> then in that combat phase, Tariel called a heroic combat and managed to slay the Hunter Orc she was in combat with and jump over to the barrel that uh, the other Hunter Orc was on, which was Bomber's Barrel. However... In the final combat of the game, which would ensure victory for either side... Because I had lost a couple of dwarves by then. The mighty Hunter Orc stood up, cast down Tariel into the foaming waters, and destroyed Bomber's barrel from around him, sending him into the deeps. One of the most brilliant moments in my gaming history. I, I just could I, I not believe it. I suppose quickly on this, we should probably give you a bit of a, a sort of uh, a quick uh, glance at what the scenario is. Basically, it's just out, like out of the movie. You have 13 dwarves in barrels. It's not plus... just like out of the movie. Oh, sort of. Yeah, d- a- as I, I'm trying to add, there. you know, flair and pizzazz to... I think the word you're looking for is ish. Yeah, ish, ish. yeah. So basically, you have the 30 dwarves and barrels in Bilbo. Um, they're 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 pob- uh, potting potting. I'm, I'm bopping, bo- bopping, we'll bobbing, plodding, bo- bobbing along on the water down the stream. Um, meanwhile, Azog and his party of orcs are ambushing them. And basically, the whole idea of the scenario is you need to get the dwarves off the opposing board edge on the stream. The and problem is, right in the middle of the table is a very nice pot for the for the orcs to jump on them. An island. An island. So basically, the whole object of the game is for the orcs to jump onto the barrels and beat up the dwarves. Now, what I found really interesting is in the previous scenarios from the, the main Unexpected Journey rulebook, had the dwarves as this massive, burly fighting force. But in this one, they're sort of helpless. They can't just trap while they're in the barrels. So orcs, 100 orcs get four strikes plus feigns, so four strikes re-rolling ones. So you're going to do some damage against the dwarves. And they're sort of just stuck there. Uh, you, you can also attack the barrels uh, yeah. as well instead of the dwarves. So if you do manage to win a fight against the bulkier dwarves, just go after the barrels. Yeah. No worries. So basically what you have happen is this weird sort of melee combat type thing where you've got Hunter Orcs and Azog and his crew jumping onto barrels trying to kill the dwarves while you have Tariel, Legolas and the elves trying to get onto the barrels themselves and try to help out the dwarves. So you have this really interesting melee where... If you win combat, you're basically going to kill whatever you're in combat with. But if you lose combat, you're going to get thrown into the water. 
So it's one of these weird scenarios where you're trying to just get the right little edge and prevent the couple of key models from taking down your, your squishier dwarves. And that's what it makes the scenario so interesting is you got these dwarves who are all vulnerable, even the mighty Thorin are all vulnerable of going into the drink while you're trying to get them off the board. It's just sort of this really yeah, awkward... The, the dwarves move down uh, the river randomly. Yeah, by that the way. too. So you can't quite guess where you can't quite tell where your dwarves are going to be at the end of the turn so it's sort of a bit of prediction and you covering can steer your bases. slightly but ultimately really? it's yeah. at the you're at the mercy of the dice yeah and so. our uh keen eared uh listeners i guess will notice that we said azog rather than bolg uh who was leading the hunter orcs whereas um in the movie it yeah it, it was bolg rather than azog which we actually tried in the scenario. We yeah, actually we, tried we, the third time we ran it with um, Bolg um, instead of Azog, which was actually kind of interesting because um, mm. it, was, it was the one time out of the three that we tested it that the evil side actually lost that mission, that yeah, scenario. That was the last time we played the day. And um, I rolled a one for Bolg swim test and, and he, went, uh, bolg, he bolg, went into bolg, the drink bolg, and bolg. I had no might points. So that was really funny because he was going, Hi, Toriel. Tariel. Tariel, thank you. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to my mace. And unfortunately, his mace was an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> and he went clog, clog, clog. Yes. The, the but, river took many casualties that day. But very Maybe. much in that game, just like the movie, it was really cool. Legolas leaving from, bar from barrel to barrel, popping shots off left and right, and then dispatching like 14 orcs on his own and clearing an entire passage past the island. It was very cinematic. Yeah. It was brilliant. Pretty, pretty awesome. So if, if you have the time and effort to get a river made, Definitely recommend this scenario. And, and uh, I think in my opinion, I think you need the elves to jump onto the barrels as soon as possible. Yeah, that's totally one thing we, we noticed in the early scenarios with the elves. If they don't get on the barrels, you're in a bit of spot. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I suppose quickly, um, out of 10, guys, what would you... Uh, how, how Out of 10, what would you rate the scenario? Uh, Tina? Oh, done on a really nice board with uh, Jeremy's amazingly painted models. Uh, probably, oh, I don't know, this is hard. Uh, eight come and a half on, out of ten. ten. Eight and a half. Matt? Oh, it's the best scenario I've ever played. I've got to give it a ten, don't I? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> Especially with Jeremy's board. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to give it an eight. My, my main reason I drop it down a little bit is, one, if you try and stick true to the movies, because uh, in this situation it's kind of hard to stick true to the book, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you really should have had Bolg there, but I guess that's kind of the whole changeover between the trailers and the actual movie. Yeah. If you've actually seen the trailers, there's Azog assaulting Thranduil's palace, which you actually see him climb up onto the cliff top, but he's not actually there in the movie. So we don't want to give too many spoilers away about the movie. But um, but yeah, I, I think everyone should have seen the movie by now. If, if you, you haven't, haven't seen it, haven't go just, now. Yeah, go yeah. right now. Yeah, if you, haven't got a, don't, if you haven't seen the movie, do yourself a favour. You're going to pause this podcast. You're Stop listening go, to us fools. You, 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 you're going to go watch the movie. You're going to come back. You're going to resume the podcast from here and be awe-inspired. Yeah. The, the other reason I drop it down a little bit is, to be honest, I think the river's too big. I it's reckon so it's interesting because I don't reckon it's big enough. I thought it was perfect. Ah, it's sort of definitely the right length. Like the, You're playing yeah. on a six-foot board, but there's certain areas like... 
the, the game's designed that you can bank your models, like have them crash into the surface and stuff like that, uh, of like the, the edge of the lake, and it doesn't seem to quite happen all the time. Yeah. Um, happened a lot with me, so... <laughs> no, <laughs> that being said, I yeah. also really... I wasn't a fan of the inclusion of wags. I reckon it would have been a little bit more interesting. If it just I found the wags, the wags are pretty much there to stop the elves from just destroying everything we're shooting. Their, their job was run into elves, kill elves. Yeah. That, Definitely want to see how the second one goes, but I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite going to give it the miraculous pearl. That is the, uh, the 10 out of 10. Um, I'm going to resume, save those uh, 10s for something I think it truly deserves it, but this comes very close. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. It, it's up there oh, with wow. some of the scar and the shy scenarios I've played. Alright, next and probably the most anticipated part of this uh, little review, the new models. So, we've got a handful of new models here. Um, we've got Tauriel, uh, Big Bear, called uh, Beyond, some Palace Guard, Bayon, Bayon uh, a whole bunch of new a whole bunch of new models, and I sort of want to get your guys' opinions on these guys because there's quite a lot of talk about them. Um, start with you, Josh. What model are you most impressed by so far? Most impressed or, by? Are we talking what, what, look or stats-wise? Actually, I'm going to throw it. Which model do you like the most out of the new release? I really, really want to see Girion. I really like his stats. I think they're really quite interesting for 65 points getting a, a fight five three plus shooter. I must admit, I am looking um, forward to adding him to my Dale army. The ability to pay for a bow five points, that's okay. But the, the dead eye shot, being able to reroll to hit and to wound dice with missile weapons against flying creatures. There aren't many flying creatures. Gulivar, bats, dragons, but eagles. the ones that are. But the ones that are, it's potentially really, really good. And, I mean, if we do see eventually the... Uh, Matt, Matt giving me a knowing wink there. Oh, the, going, potentially, he knows what flyers I've run in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if we do see, like, the, the Dwarven Windlance come out, that would be amazing. And I'm I would, slightly terrified of that, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Tell me this. And you play Dwarves. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the potential of that. That's definitely my favourite model stat-wise. Looks-wise, I'm sorry, he, he's sexy as all hell. Uh, Stephen Fry pulls off an amazing redhead. Uh, and I'm going to have to say the Master of Lake Town is my favourite looking model. The model yeah. literally is just oozing smug. Not the dragon, just so Matt shakes his head. <laughs> uh, he, he's covered in gold. He's wearing fineries. He's got a punchy little crown type thing. And a paunch. And a don't paunch. Don't get that paunch. Yes, and, and apparently gout. Just what I'd share, yeah, that, that makes sense. But he's, he's just the... He looks like how he came across in the movie. He's a stunning centerpiece model. Well, sorry, stunning model, I should say. He's a, he's a 20 millimeter face, so he yeah. isn't going to be a centerpiece model. But he's definitely something that will draw your eye in an army and looks really cool. I suppose. What, <laughs> um, I, I, I meant to keep going with that. I just said, I suppose, and I went, I was supposed to continue that sentence. Yeah, the, I, I sort of didn't do. really unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, I do apologise for that. Kid is disappointed. Well, Gary, obviously uh, the, the King of Men uh, variant for Dale, but w what does uh, El uh, not Alfred? We'll get to him in a moment. Um, I was going to mention him. <laughs> I was actually about to throw to you because yeah, I think you were about to uh, oh, explode <laughs> with. Um, I'm ready to go. I'm thinking. All right, so uh, Matt, go on. What does Alfred and the Master of Lake Town do? Oh, for a start. 
You're a little too excited here. Alfred brings We, we need to stop for a second. Matt needs to change his pants. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to go into the rules yet. That monobrow. My God. Is that stop the it. best monobrow on, te- on, on any movie ever? Yes, so please. Best. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like two centipedes kissing. Oh. <laughs> it's like two centipedes mating. <laughs> Majestic. So anyway, uh, oh, this I'm sure I like this going really quickly. He, he's a lovely figure. He's rake thin. He's got that amazing monobrow, and I, I just like the look of him. To be honest, I'm yeah, he, he provides a really good contrast to the Master of Lake Town as well. With the him being really thin, and the Master of Lake Town being really fat, and um, um, the volume given to the model of his cloak. Hmm. Whereas you just look at Alfred and you go, "Man, that guy needs to eat some more." <laughs> Now, Which is interesting because he lives with the master. Anyway, go on, go on. Give us the rules. Moving on. Give us the rules. Dem rules. That special rule, which is called uh, dubious counsel. Sounds like when we're talking to Matt. Yeah, well, he is very <laughs> dubious. And he does. I might give, give a little bit of dubious counsel now and then. <laughs> Gain myself some might points. Anyway, Alfred can choose to expend any number of will points. He starts with three of them. What's that? What does the rule do? Basically, he's got three will points and he can turn them into might points for his friends. Hooray. Or yeah. give himself a might point. Yeah, indeed. Or it, someone D3 might so points. Bas- Borrow me with nine might. Basically, you roll the dice and you consult a chart. On a one, he steals some might. On a two to five, he gives someone else some might. On a six, he gives them a lot of might. So Potentially a lot of might. Yeah. D3. Now, D3. the I applications of this... Oh god! Um, very interesting. Oh, now, obviously, the mo- the original intention of this is basically give the master of Late Town some um some might because what the master of Late Town can do is he can give use his might to give other warriors and captains of Late Town extra fight value. But due to our devious minds, we've come up with some other ideas. Yes. Oh, god. Perhaps you might want to give some might points to your King of the Dead model, which is hanging around with Alfred because he's just such a great conversationalist. Or uh, Denethor to stop him going insane. Or perhaps even Ori. Maybe some auto wounds on a 4 plus with two dice. Let's just say the um, applications are uh, horrendous. The combos, are, the combos are even worse. Hello, yeah. Bomber. Here's a free point of will. I'm going to touch you on the bum. Or <laughs> even Gandalf going strength and will or stuff like this. Yep. Strength and will. Free points of There's my now, will. There is now a reason for high elf storm callers. Yes. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> it, 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 it's quite funny. It's almost like the council loop in War of the Ring. See War of the Ring and why I don't like to play it very often. Except, unlike <laughs> the council loop in War of the Ring, this one has a t- potential to go awry with rolling a one. There you know, are problems, yes. Yeah. I, I cannot wait to see somebody with Alfred with five points of might going, I'm the boss. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then it's ha- and then it's Bring Rap goes, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but let's face it. For for his points value, he's just a bargain. Yeah, yeah well, he's there's no amazing. reason really not to take. He's him. insanely squishy. Uh, insanely, oh, he, he dies if you just look at him. And he's cheap enough that you can throw him into practically any good army for. Is that there with the scribe and squishiness? Yeah, yeah. but he can throw him into Almost. practically any good army very very easily. Yeah. I think we'll see him a lot at tournaments now. Mm. Uh, Tannen, what model do you like? 
Aside mm-hmm. from the ones already mentioned, because we've already been through that. Uh, I actually really like the new Bard the Bowman model. That Bard. Uh, which is... That auto wound. Which one? The one in the book or the new one that came out? The, the, the new one, as I said. The, the one in the book is... Yeah, it's reasonably nice, but the new one is the one where he's sort of leaning down and firing the bow, and it that looks majestic awesome. forehead, cinematic, that majestic pose. mustache. Oh, th- mustache! <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tina, give give us the lowdown on Bard's rules. Uh, just I, quickly. I, I, I think Bard's really interesting. He's um, he's really quite flimsy in combat, but he's got. Three I wouldn't say, I would say flimsy. He's got three attacks at he's, what, he's strength defense, four, five, five. No, no, five. no, no. He's which sorry. Is let good. me rephrase that. He's frail. He's three got the defense four, but three but attacks three at five, attacks, five. Wounds. He's not going to lose combats. Yeah, he not will. often. He will. And if he does, he just cops it on one of his three I wounds. No, but but the big thing about Bard is that he can fire three times. And he's basically got a portable crossbow. Up to three times. So basically, what we, more, so what we mean by a portable crossbow is if he, he doesn't hit the first. He has a long bow. Time, then he doesn't great, get the rest of the bow. shots. It's is it a great bow? Oh, yeah, sorry, yes, no, the great bow, not long bow. In this book, that has the great bow rules from. There's one on the game that has a great bow. Strength four, bitches. And and I am it, going it, to wrap it. It's a portable fire. crossbow. <laughs> yeah. So you can do up to up two or three shots if you. I'm, if you roll I'm not sure he's that amazing though because he's quite expensive, and as I said, he is. Uh, frail. Mm. Although I do, I must admit, um, he does have a really nice rule in his black arrow. Oh yes, completely forgot about the black arrow. Like that black arrow is pretty cool. So what? What basically, ladies and gentlemen, what the black arrow does is he can elect to use it whenever he takes a shot. What it does is allows him to reroll to hit, reroll in the ways, reroll wounds. Uh, sorry, reroll in the ways and the hit. But you don't need to roll a wound; it just does a wound. So you can sort of see the Watch application. Out ring rates. Yeah. Watch out, Barrow Whites. Watch oh out anything with one wound and no way to stop it. Yeah. So he can, he sort of upped the ante on Legolas and go, I know you can auto-hit Legolas, but I can auto-wound. Legolas, uh, is, Legolas, Legolas doesn't care. Legolas, Legolas is cheaper, care. though. He's got three points of life. <laughs> um, yeah, I should also point out that I was really surprised that the uh, Black Arrow is in fact an actual arrow. Yeah. As opposed to a Ballista Bolt. Yeah. Well, I think it's Not more really homage to the book as opposed just, to homage to the movie. I think yeah. we can ignore that particular part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that was Bard. I'm sorry, but th- this is one of my favorite models that's come out. He's big, a big bear man. He's, he's a big bear. He's a big bear. He's a big bear. And I, I, I'm going to put. I'm going to throw it out there right now. When this model was said to come out, I called it. I said he's going to be like Treebeard, and haven't been told he was like Treebeard. But better. <laughs> well, debatably better. Debatably, Debatably yes. better. So basically, we got a Bjorn in human form, in bear form, and he can uh, tr- attempt to make uh, uh, form changes. And basically, he is all the hype. He, In his bear form, he is destruction on wheels. Not, only, not only is he um, got tree beard stats across the board, Except for Will, I think, but he trades that in for other stuff. He has a special brutal power attack that only he can use that engulfs someone in a mighty bear hug and does strength ten hit after strength ten hit. Never have hugs been more fun. (laughs) Yeah, sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Uh, There is some downsides to him though. He can't in his bear form. He can't call heroic actions or benefit from them. So you sort of need to 
manage your might on your ability to call actions with his human form and his bear form. Now, oh. that's the major problem with him, oh, really, right. though, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, that's his sort of only problem. He's, uh, no, no, he's he, he has one other problem. Uh, he's berserk. He has to charge. The yes. Yeah. Wait, does he have to charge the closest model? Or he just has, has to, to charge. charge. If he's able to charge, he has to charge, which means people can deliberately bait you. But I suppose... It's difficult to pull off. You can swap between the forms. So if you're clever with your form changing... You can sort of get around that. Just to bring it back I, I, to I that. think we will see an FAQ or two about exactly when he can change. At the start of his move, I'm pretty sure. Just no, to no, bring no, it, it back it, to the changes, though. On the yeah. four plus, it's it's so dicey. It's it's dodgy. It's, it's yeah. You can't guarantee anything with Beyond. And you can't. I suppose, use I suppose on the that, question is going to be: Can you start him in bear form or in human form? That's a really interesting question. As I, I said, uh, yeah, yeah we, we'll see a bunch of FAQs. Yeah, but I'm, as I said, I, I've. I've ran Beyond as Treebeard in past tournaments as a proxy sort of thing. Proxy. And I am I am stoked <laughs> that what I have been doing proxy. <laughs> has very, been very close to what it really is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one thing we... Well, one model we should probably uh, at least mention is Tariel. Yeah. We'll go, well, just, I suppose we've done... Just because of a special rule. Of, yeah, we've, um, or, since or we've gone through everything else, what, what our favorites... We'll suppose we go with what's left. Um... Um, well, since you've started on Tannen, give us a rundown on Tariel. Uh, Tariel, she's kind of like Legolas, but instead of being really good for R- River Bow, she's really good in melee with an extra attack. So basically what you're saying is we have some sort of elf, wood elf, that's good in melee. I'm intrigued. Dear God. I'm intrigued. Tell me uh, more. Uh, I, I think the most interesting thing about her is her... Is it knife... Fi- no, knife, knife mistress? Knife finder. Blade, Blade mistress. Blade mistress. Blade mistress. Uh, which means that uh, whenever she's outnumbered, she gets extra attacks. Which, yeah, can can get uh, really nasty considering, oh. you know, uh, a, a classic tactic of getting rid of a model is surrounding it. Yeah, all but the that just makes But that just makes her even scarier. She, every, time you put another model in, every time you put another model in, she just gets angrier at you. Josh is just passing around an army list that he's just written in. My God, it's disgusting. Oh, God, please don't take that ever. Shall I read this out? I think I uh, yeah, go for it. No, yeah, no, okay. Give, give, this I, I, I haven't to be honest, yet, all this talk way. about like, hard-ons for Alfred Bard and... Alfred. and uh, Martin, oh. uh, I've just written a 350-point list, mainly because Trav runs a tournament called Minimize that's 350, and it's basically Bard the Bowman with three Lake Town Guard with bow, two Lake Town Guard with spear, four Lake Town with guard. The master with the same amount combination of warriors, and then Alfred with the same amount of warriors. It's a little disgusting. Yes, yeah, that's, it's that's the word. models and a short ton of might. Yeah, potentially. potentially. Uh, I, I think the main issue with that is uh, the current cost of the uh, yeah the the, the warriors in Lake Town. Yeah, uh, which, I, I'm, I'm actually miming throwing money into the air right now because this, this list looks sexy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure uh, I, I, people I, who have been following new releases or any kind of forums will have heard complaints about the... Yeah. Uh, I think that's out. something that we can uh, leave for another discussion. We don't need to discuss yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's it's been discussed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, everywhere. Just, just yeah. check your look. So, Tariel. Did, did we go through her blade Tariel. mistress? Tariel. Did we go Thank through you. her blade mistress? I was, I was sort of distracted. No, uh, I, I, I mentioned that she gets extra attacks whenever she's outnumbered. Yes. So she gets she gets an extra attack for every model beyond the first. Um, we are, I think just quickly flipping through the book, uh, we've got a couple of models left. Um, in 
The Palace Guard? I was about to say, I think the Palace Guard do need a quick mention, simply yeah. because of they've brought something to the Elven army that hasn't been seen before. Particularly Wood Elves. Or particularly Wood Elves. Cough, Bodyguard, Cough. Yes. Uh, they are the first models in the Elven army figure game, Bodyguard, which is disgustingly good. Now, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Bodyguard, it yep. basically means auto-passing courage checks as long as their designated hero is alive from their warband faction. But wait, there's more. Yes. You have Bodyguard on what kind of trip exactly, Josh? Elves. And what do these elves have that other elves don't? Defense 6. And? Spears. And? Closer, Elven closer. Blades for free. Even and? They have the Palace Garn special rule. Which is? Well, whenever you're within six inches of Thrangel... Uh, three inches. Uh, three inches. Three inches? Yeah, it's three. Anyway, we're wrecking the flow here. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. The Momentarily. answer that Trav wanted what was it, banners. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. What? They have Woodling well. Creature. They have the ability to buy a Warhorn for an over-exorbitant no. price? No. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, Palace Guard, the King's Guard special rule, to be precise, um, is that they gain plus one to their fight value whilst within three inches Thranduil. Uh, n- not to be confused with the uh, special upgrade for High Elf Warriors called King- Kingsguard. Yeah. Uh, King- so basically what King's you're King's telling me is there's now an elf with bodyguard, an extra fight value within three inches of Thranduil, defense six, and the ability to take banners. Mm. That's I, I, I think you've actually overlooked the other fact that there is a captain that is fight seven, defense seven, Fight seven when within three inches of Thranduil. Uh, okay, I, I think we pretty much can say Pulse Guard Captains. Yeah. Disgusting. OP. Yeah. Uh, oh. it, it, in it's case... tie fights with uh, Shelob and <laughs> Troll Chieftains on the roll of a yeah. three or better. Auto yeah. Elven Blade uh, as well. For, yeah. for those of you who don't know, uh, Bodyguard on a hero is insane. Disgusting. Because they auto pass and they still pass on their standfast. He's putting my kids through college! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I I will say that apart from, um, uh, say, having a banner bodyguard, which is also amazing, I'm not a huge fan of the basic palace guard. The skulls or the actual rules for them? The rules for them. Because they are really expensive in points. 14 each. It's quite expensive. Splashing them, yes. though, as well. No, I, I agree that they are, you know, amazing for elves, but this isn't a wood elf army. I think they play very, very much like high elves. I, I don't think they mesh that amazingly riven army that is normally very, very light and staying at range. Well, yeah. Tell you what, give it, like, five minutes. We can go out to the table and have a game, and I can oh, show you how know. amazing we, they are. We already had a game. Re- remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my, my troll chieftain. Uh, uh, I, I think Tina doesn't want to relive that Let's fight. Let's never mention it again. again. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I believe you're on the receiving end of it too, Matt. I copped a flogging. I, I don't think it was entirely my fault, okay. however. Yeah, I, I don't think the Palace Guard are bad. I just don't think um, they mesh that amazingly well with... We'll the, see. The normal, the normal give, give it time. I think we'll figure out I'm, I'm taking this list as well. Like That's the list I'm taking Arcanicon, and it's just a trial. Mm. But, yeah. There's one model left, I think, before... I want to sort of get into before we wrap it up. It's an evil model, because I think we've given the good side quite a lot to talk about. No, it is not Yasnek. No, it is not the new Gundam at all. Oh, it's spiders. It's the spiders. spiders. It's the Merkwood spiders. Now, when we first looked at these, we were a bit sceptical. I, I won't die. We were sceptical. There was a bit of debate. I, I think most people were... And then we broke it down it, and played a game with them. 
Ah, oh, sigh. <laughs> My poor elf captain. You can't stop the music. Yes, you can. Yes, you can with fate. Yeah. And then get, probably get shanked by a Mongol blade. Uh, for, for those of you who don't so, know, yeah. the uh, Mirkwood fighters have a very interesting uh, rule that they can shoot. Uh, yeah, shoot. Not a throwing weapon, though. So, no um, shooting as you go into combat. But if they hit their enemy, then no need to roll to wound, they are paralyzed. Unless, unless they spend, spend the point, point of fate. fate. Now, this might not seem... Successfully, I might yeah. add. Now, this yeah, might not uh, seem yes, like yes, a very strong thing. So, you pretty much got a giant spider. That's pretty much what they are, except they have fight two instead of fight four. So, I think giant spider with fight two. That has a special rule that means they can paralyze something if they roll a six um, to hit. If, if they, they they're five plus shoot value, but usually you're going to be on the move yeah. most of the time, so you're going to be sixes to hit. Now, normally you think, that's not very good, that's not that great, six to hit and paralyze, and then I spend a point of pain point to ignore it. That, that, that's terrible. No, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I will you're wrong. Out. It is amazing. Because of one said paralyze, I managed to bring down Tienan's elf captain later in the game. Yes, I think the scary thing about them is the threat of yeah. uh, your heroes or even just uh, your big monsters that don't have fate of being paralyzed. Yeah. And possibly repeatedly being paralyzed. Yeah, because once you get a Drizag in the army and enrage him and stuff, they become Had, pretty... S- I hadn't even considered that. That's getting scarier yeah. right there. Because you can still use them with that rule. So. Yeah. And the great thing is, they don't need a hero to leave them. They can come onto the table as no, uh, a pair. Chuck down as many as you want. I, I think there is a little bit of debate as to whether the, I think it's the Dark Denizens of Mirkwood yes, Army, whether you can take each model as an individual warband from that army or whether they are all in the same warband. I think that might be a discussion for yeah, another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that to a, a, another podcast, I think, where we sort of break down some more stuff. But yeah, I, I think that's pretty much... All that can be really said about the new book. There's a couple of other things, but they're not major. Not, not as major yep, as we get, get through. So, um, thank you guys for uh, joining me here uh, tonight. Um, thank you, Tiernan, uh, Matt, Cheers. Um, Josh. Uh, any last words from either of you three? Have you even seen Lord of the Rings? I have seen Lord of the Rings, and I read the book too. It's been ages since I read the book. You stay classy. All right, thank you for coming, guys. And remember, traps win games.